Gabrielle Marie, philosopher, entrepreneur with almost 10 years of career and business mentoring under my belt. My purpose in life? World peace, of course, but in a slightly humbler fashion, helping people to say fuck it, fuck it. and free themselves from the stuff that keeps them from living fully. Get unstuck. Get unstuck. Welcome to a new episode of this podcast. Before I dive into today's topic, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to everybody who has sent me a message on Instagram, Facebook, sent me a, an email, a WhatsApp message to tell me what they thought of the previous episodes of this podcast and to support me on this journey. I just wanted to say that none of that is going unnoticed. It's been really helpful and I felt so supported and I felt so much love for this work that I'm doing and I just wanted to, to say thank you for that. Also, and this was some good advice that I was given by people who know so much more about making podcasts than I do now and that is to ask you if you like um, what you're hearing to rate my episodes or my podcasts on the platform that you used to listen to it maybe to subscribe to it as well or to leave a comment I think um, so if that's something that you're familiar with and that you feel like doing, I would like to invite you to do so. All of that being said, today we're going to talk about change. And when I was younger, I couldn't stand change at all. And it's still something that I need to work on. And I'm going to share in a later episode of this podcast more about the reasons why that is so. Where I want to go with this is that um, I have improved a lot and there's really no comparison between how anxious and uncomfortable I used to feel just thinking about change and how I actually enjoy it now. Well, okay, I mean, maybe enjoy is a little bit too exciting of a word here, but I hope you get the point. What I want to say is that I um, now know that change equals growth, improvement, progress, moving forward, reaching your full potential. Before, that's not what I felt. And now I know that without embracing change, I would not be where I am today. And I would not feel as happy and successful as I do. Everything I have in my life right now, whether it's the things that I'm surrounded with, the experiences I have, as well as the people in my inner circle, my clients, my friends, the business partners that I have, all of that are the results of the changes that I've consciously made over the last few years. And to get here, obviously, I had to swim through some rough waters. And I think that's for certain things that happened to me in the past few years. That's even an understatement. But even so, I wouldn't want it any other way. One of the things that helped me to get here the most was overcoming my fear of change and especially learning to deal with uncertainty. Before, when I was younger, as soon as something used to be uncertain for me, I could stress and become anxious about it almost immediately. And it wasn't just even the big stuff. Small things and uncertainties would throw me off completely as well. For instance, changing plans unexpectedly would always upset me. I would get really nervous. I would start sweating. 
even if it was something simple as arriving at the movie theater and realizing that the movie I wanted to see wasn't playing and then having to choose another movie, that could really get me into a very anxious state. And of course, the greater the uncertainty, the more I became nervous. That all changed eventually when I decided to accept change as something good, as something positive. In my daily life, for instance, it was very difficult to deal with so much stress and anxiety, especially as an entrepreneur who knew how useful it can be to take more risks and worry less. And that's why I'm so glad that I've been able to tell myself, teach myself how to deal with change much better. And that is precisely what I want to talk about today. What the fear of change is, what the fear of uncertainty actually is, how you can deal with it, and how you can learn to let go of control in order to grow. Now, in episode two of this podcast, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> well, you know, we're at episode five now, so this is starting to, <laughs> to become a library of episodes. Anyway, I think it was episode two, and just let me know if I'm wrong. I talked about how to overcome our fears, and in there I shared how the fear of change is an evolutionary phenomenon, right? Fear in general is evolutionary. Our brains have evolved to sense, to memorize, to recognize danger. So it's just ingrained in us. There is nothing really we can do about it on the biological level, that is. Because long ago, when humanity was really just emerging and we were all butt naked roaming the plains of the savannah, having a quick fight or flight response could really mean the difference between life and death. And so if we continue that uh, theory and the theory of natural selection from Darwin, for instance, and the evolution of species, we could imagine, or, or the theory goes, that only our ancestors with the fastest fear reflexes survived, which makes total sense. But now that's the legacy that these survivors passed on to their children and then ultimately to us. Thank you very much. And this, in a way, is exactly the problem. Because what was once an incredibly useful tool for survival is not well adjusted to a completely changed world. Our brains and our nervous system are still very much on guard and ready to respond to any life-threatening triggers and dangers, at least what they see as life-threatening triggers and dangers. But unfortunately for us... Change is one of the things that triggers a fear response, just like danger does, because those two evolutionary are very related to each other. And a lot of the fear is created in our mind. If you want to know more about our brain and our nervous system and how they connect to fear, I invite you to listen to that second episode. But for today, what's important to know is that we fear possibilities more than actual danger. Our neocortex, which is like the, the frontal part of our brains, signals what the possible pain or the loss could be in the face of change. And it really loves to imagine the worst case scenarios possible. But in real life, the probability that things will turn out well is actually much higher, as I mentioned before, right? But that's something that the older parts of our brain, the reptilian brain, the one that is always on the lookout for danger and movement and change, doesn't really consider. The ancient Greek philosopher, Stoic philosopher Seneca said it best. We suffer more often in imagination than in reality. 
We're also afraid of making wrong choices or not sticking with something we decide or giving up, especially as creatives, as entrepreneurs, creative generalists also. We sometimes have a history of starting things and then not sticking to them and then giving up on them. And so that leaves a trail of sometimes, you know, feelings of guilt and shame. So another reason, and a really important one actually, that we don't like change is that it brings uncertainty. And neuroscience research has now shown that uncertainty is seen by our brain as a mistake, as a kind of failure. And of course, our brain does not like failure because that might involve, ta-da, danger, <laughs> danger, because it deviates from the patterns that we're used to, from the patterns that make us feel safe. Our nervous system can only really calm down when everything is back to normal, that is when the failure is eliminated. So much so that I recently read on the Inc. magazine website that fear of change is the biggest reason people are not making progress with their careers. Because people who fear change look less confident at work or during interviews or reviews than people who can deal with change better. Because the people who don't like change will avoid situations and opportunity that involve uncertainty. And you don't even have to do that on a conscious level. A lot of this stuff happens without us realizing it, but it's picked up by others and it influences them and their behavior towards us. Now, the thing about change is that it always involves a little bit of pain. Of course, when you make free choices to change, it's often the good kind of pain, but nonetheless, you always leave something behind when you move on to something new. And very often, and this is not often spoken about, I think, this has to do with our identity as well. It's a kind of style break in who you've been up to a certain point in a way, because changing means you're choosing a new truth and reality for yourself. Like when you decide to leave a business or a life partner, maybe change jobs or do something completely different. We underestimate the pain that comes from making these decisions and from stepping into a different life. Now, what's helpful, I think, is to remember that nothing is ever certain. It's a hard truth for some, but it's also really freeing, I think, for others and for me, for instance. It really just depends on how you look at it and what your personal circumstances are. Because when we hold on too hard to what we have, uncertainty can really seem like the worst thing in the world. We don't want to lose or let go of what we have, so we do everything in our power to keep everything the way it is. But isn't one of the real dangers in life precisely that you would stay stuck somewhere you don't want to be? So maybe a big step in getting yourself unstuck is to be willing to adapt. And our refusal to do so and to accept uncertainty, I think, then becomes more dangerous than most of the curveballs that life can throw at you. Because by accepting that you can't know or that you can't control everything that will happen to you, or maybe simply by allowing that life will unfold instead of trying to contain it, I think you're not just making it easier for yourself to navigate change. You're also giving yourself the gifts of change. 
And, you know, this is something that I've addressed before, but too often we think of change as something negative, but change and uncertainty are really bringers of opportunity. Because think about it, if everything stays the same in your life, in your business, in your work, in your career, with your friends... Will you actually ever learn new things? Will you meet new people? Will you explore new parts of yourself? So in order to grow and reach our full potential, we have to be willing to put ourselves in situations that are not familiar to us. We must accept uncertainty and change as essential parts of the process. This is something that in my coaching practice, but also in my own life, believe me, I've witnessed countless times. When we try to have everything figured out before we do something, which used to be my MO, we usually end up doing nothing. And that's why I encourage everyone to not be too attached to the outcome that you have in mind. This can sound a little bit counterintuitive because in my coaching practice, I help people reach goals and dreams and build things. But even there, it's important, you know, that whatever it is you want to do, that you give yourself a direction you want to go in and then simply take a step because the unfolding of the process will happen before you and for you. The only thing you need to do is really to keep going one step at a time and to be open to what emerges as you do so. I've seen this many times in my private life, but one example that I want to share with you now is about a relationship that I had with an ex-partner. Things hadn't been going well with that person for a while. So what did I do? Of course, I put together a vision board of what I wanted in my life. Well, you know, I'm smiling now, but at the time it was really serious and vision boards work. So that's something that I'll address probably in another episode of this podcast. Anyway, A lot of it had to do what was on the vision board with intimacy, love and warmth, you know, something really that I was longing for in that relationship and that I'd never really gotten or that had been completely lost by the time things were going sour. And every time I looked at the vision board, I saw pictures of happy couples doing fun things together, you know, like dancing, kissing, relaxing by the sea, cooking dinner together, like all of the beautiful rom-com stuff, right, that I'm so fond of. Every time I looked at the vision board, I could only picture myself experiencing those things with my ex. But it never happened. Less than a year later, while we were living in a different country, on a Friday night, without warning, he packed all of his stuff, loaded everything, including our dog, into his car and left. He told me he needed to think. Now I know that that was actually code speak for I met someone else and I'm leaving you, but I didn't know it at the time. For me, the separation was really painful, especially because I didn't see it coming. Even though we weren't in a good relationship and looking back, this was really the best decision any one of us two could have made. I clung on to it way too hard because I saw it as my only option at the time. I really had that tunneled vision. That was the only outcome that I could picture for myself. And because of this, I didn't see what was actually happening right in front of me, which was that my partner started an affair with someone else while I was trying to rekindle the romance between us. A few months after he was gone and I'd moved back to my home country, I met someone. And even though we're not together anymore, in the months that followed, 
everything that was on my vision board. All the love, the warmth, the intimacy, the cooking, the seed, everything came true for me. I had the most wonderful time and so much fun with someone I enjoyed spending time with and that was really good to me. And to this day, this is one of the greatest lessons in manifesting and getting unstuck that I've ever received. Put out a vision for yourself, work towards it, but don't get too hung up on exactly how you think things need to unfold. Because if you do, you will miss the magic of what the winds of uncertainty and change might bring you. The truth is, without knowing it, we're constantly changing. Our bodies have been in continuous processes of self-division, growth and change since birth, the world around us, the universe. You know, everything around us is constantly changing. Even the people in our lives, as well as ourselves, are in constant evolution and therefore change. The only certainty we have is that everything is always in transition. Now, of course, as human beings, we do not like to lose anything. After all, we know what we have, but we don't know what we'll get. And this was certainly true for me in that relationship. This is reason enough for many, many people to stay where they are, no matter how bad the situation is and how unhappy it makes them. I'm a prime example of that. But, you know, I talk to people all the time who stay in jobs they don't like, in unhappy relationships because they're afraid of being alone, because it's better for the kids. You know, people who continue to date someone or hang out with people they know aren't right for them, all of those things. And this is certainly also a problem when it comes to work and career, because in my practice, I see a lot of people who want to change jobs, yet a lot of them when they come to me, have been in those jobs for way too long because they're afraid of what they might lose. Money, security, nice colleagues, all of the perks, of course, that maybe come with the job they have. But almost all of them admit that once they've made the decision, the choice, and they jumped, they should have done it much sooner. Without exception, they're all much happier now than they were before. And this isn't unusual because when comparing what we know with what we don't know, we usually see what we know in more detail than what we don't know. So we tend to think that what we know is better. That's a lot of knowing, I know. (laughs) I know, did I say I know? Anyway, it's only after the change that you can assess how things really were. Because as long as you're in something, you just tend to look at it in much more detail than something you don't know. Does this mean that change is always wonderful? Absolutely not. It often isn't, at least in the moment, and that's precisely why we rebel against it. Between the moment that my ex left me and that I experienced unforgettable moments with someone else, months of agony had passed. It took me close to two years, two years to completely rebuild myself back up after the violent way that he left an eight-year-old marriage and to accept what had happened, to accept the betrayal, to accept the lies. But you see, the thing is, he was afraid of change just as much as I was. So he needed the certainty that someone else wanted to be with him before he could leave me. 
it's not a nice thing. And as human beings, we do this to each other all of the time, but it's understandable. We all have a low tolerance for pain and change is often perceived as painful. So learning to tolerate the pain of change, accepting the discomfort of this, you know, liminal space that you have to go through to become this new version of yourself, I really believe that it's a superpower. And the better you get at it, the easier it will be for you to achieve your dreams and anything really that you want to achieve. Because being comfortable with being uncomfortable is the most amazing skill. I just want to leave you with a few tips on how you can start to stop being afraid of change so that you can start getting unstuck and go for the things you really want to have and do and be and anything your heart desires. So something that has helped me over the years to overcome the fear of change is making a list of all the positive changes that I've had in the past, including when I was forced to change my life when my ex left me for someone else. That to this point is a reminder of how shitty change can feel, but how wonderful it can be later on. So when you start making such a list, reflect on how it felt before the change and the fears you had then. And then ask yourself, did they come true? Or maybe did the situation eventually turn out more positive than you thought? In my case, at least, it definitely did for some things, not for all changes that I went through, not to that extent, but certainly here. And another thing that really helps me is making vision boards. And for years, you know, I've been making these, both one for my professional life and one for my personal life. And around the six month mark into a year, I will do a review and I will remove what I've already accomplished, which is often a lot. And I will add new things that I want to accomplish. What's nice about a vision board is that it brings change into your life immediately, even before these things have really materialized. And it can be on a daily basis by reminding you what you want to achieve. Now, there's many ways to make a vision board. You can make them on paper. I love to do them on Pinterest. It's my favorite way. And every morning when I have my first morning coffee, I will just scroll through my boards. It only takes me a few minutes, but it's great to start the day because everything that's on it, I think is amazing. And of course it is because it's all my dreams. So I'm really literally priming myself for a good day, priming myself for my goals and my dreams and priming myself to remember why I'm actually doing all of the things that I'm doing. But remember in that, don't get too attached to how you think that things will change for you. Remember, change is uncertain and a complex process. So give it space. And that's actually the best thing we can do to learn to become more comfortable with uncertainty. Okay, so that's it for another episode of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And before I say goodbye today, here's your weekly fuck it, let's do it experiment. I think for this week that the most important thing to take away from the episode is clearly to embrace change. And um, the reason for this is really simple. It's because it's much more powerful than being afraid of change. So this week, 
if you feel like it, make a small change in your life every day. It doesn't have to be anything big. You can drive or walk to work via a different uh, route. You can choose a different cake than your usual one at the bakery or a different coffee. You can greet the people you meet in a different way than you would normally greet them. Maybe sign something or write something with your other hand. It doesn't really matter. Anything that is a tiny bit different from how you would normally do it is a really good start. Then keep that up for a week and I guarantee you that you'll see that change is already not so scary anymore. Plus you might actually start to enjoy doing things differently. So I will be doing this alongside you, of course, and I'm going to start with doing a completely different routine at the gym, using different equipment, using them in a different order. Like I'm going to just change things up and do it completely differently because I've noticed recently that I've become really comfortable with the way that I train and comfortable is usually a sign that there is not a lot of change happening anymore. So I need to, you know, up my, my game a little bit there. I also have a little act of daily rebellion for you to take with you into the week. This one co counteracts a little bit the gym example of just before. Um, at least for some people, I guess, maybe for my personal trainer too. But one day this week, I want to invite you to eat your favorite food for breakfast. It doesn't matter what it is, chocolate cake, chips, spaghetti, pizza, whatever it is, give yourself the gift of indulging into something that tastes good and that is just for you. Okay, what am I going to have? Well, if I think about it, the first thing that comes to mind, which is crazy, is I think I'm going to have cold spaghetti with mayonnaise tomorrow morning. And the reason, I love it. Have you ever had it? If you haven't, you really have to try. Anyway, for me, the reason why, and the reason why that's always what pops up into my mind when I think about what an easy thing that I want to eat is because it was the first dish, if you can call it that, actually, that my first love and I made together late at night one evening after coming back from a party. And it's really my favorite to this day. I haven't spoken to him in more than 20 years, but it doesn't hurt that I think of his dashing blue eyes and, you know, that absolutely innocent teenage love that I felt when I first met him. And when I eat the spaghetti, obviously. Anyway, so cold spaghetti with mayonnaise. Please let me know if you feel like sharing your experiment or your breakfast choice with me, how things are going. If you're not sure what a good experiment might be for you, don't hesitate to email me at muriel at murielmarie.com. Send me a DM on Instagram at murielmarie or find me any other way online. Thank you for listening. Have fun and talk to you next week. Bye. Just a heads up, I'm not a therapist or a doctor, so if you're not feeling your best mentally or physically and you need some help, please make sure to consult with a medical professional or a therapist.